When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, I'll tell you what, that funky intro music does not reflect the mood, does it? It's a very out of place no. music this evening. Uh, I'm Dan Robinson. Joining me today, this evening is Dan Bardell for our live post-match reaction to Newcastle 5, Aston Villa 1. And that's not a scoreline I was expecting to be talking about. It's not a result I was expecting to talk about, to be honest. I said in the preview we did that I think we can go to Newcastle and win. So I'm looking a little bit silly. Dan, how do you feel about it? I, I, I thought the same. I, I thought Villa could go there and win. I'd, you know, stereotypically, I don't think there's any shame in going to, to Newcastle and losing because they're a very, very good side. I think it's the the manner was was pretty pretty alarming, but I do think it's a it's a one off. And ultimately, even if we'd have lost ten nil today, I still would have come away from the game overall believing in Unai Emery and believing that the club are headed in the right direction. It's just a horrific day at the office but my overarching feeling is that in some ways the result of the football almost feels a little bit meaningless with with what's happened to Emi Buendere and then Toro Mings today during the game it's, it's always worse when you actually physically see the the injury happen when you're watching the game so this one probably feels a little bit worse than the Emi Buendere one and I think we can all agree that Mings is a is a pivotal part of, of this yeah. team and we, we hope it's not going to be a bad one but I'm no medical expert, but the early suggestions would be that it's probably going to be one that writes him off for the probably the, the bulk of the, of the season at least. So it's just all round just been a horrific day for the club. And unfortunately, it comes when we've probably had the, the what we feel is that is the best summer the, the fans have felt, the most buoyant that they've probably ever felt in, in a close season. And of course, this happens on day one. Mm, I think the, the the preview show that we did was almost overshadowed by the Emmy Buendia news. That, that was the elephant in the room. And the same goes for today. The Tyra Ming situation is probably the biggest talking point, And we will get to that. And we will talk through the game as well. Uh, there's a comment here actually from Brett who said that this is worse than the first games of the season against Watford and Bournemouth of years gone by. I wasn't no, actually no. about that. I, don't, I think no. those were worse. I felt terrible after that Bournemouth game last season. The, the yeah. direction of the club, the, the, the system exactly. and the, the tactics we were playing under Gerrard terrible not saying that the, the tactics today were good by any stretch of the imagination but long term you expect Emery to put this right and um, there'll be a lot yeah, of hope I think uh, amongst the fan base particularly tonight and over the next week or so until Villa play another game until Villa win hopefully this time next week um, and a couple of comments very quickly uh, words I'll throw at you disgusting embarrassing awful uh, Emery Howler huge wake-up call are those comments fair, do you think? I'm keen to kind of play both sides of the coin here because it's a bad game and a bad performance, but I, I don't feel like it's the end of the world. I don't know if I'm being deluded by saying that. 
No, I, I feel the same. Look, I'm not here to tell anyone that their opinions are wrong. If, if people think that, then that's how they feel. They're, they're entitled to, to, to feel the, the way they feel. I think the, the biggest thing is that I just, someone else has just, just said it there and I've missed it. Is it? I think Tony Colabella, I don't think anyone could have foreseen that happening today. If you'd have had to have predicted a score, I don't think even the most buoyant of Newcastle fans would have predicted 5-1 to Newcastle and even the most depressive of Villa fans would have predicted 5-1. So it just was overall just a, just an awful day. I, I think your point about the the what you know the what for game I was at I was at that game physically and you know it was the first time we'd been allowed back at away games for for years and you were all delighted to be back and then within 15 minutes you were like bring back COVID it, it was horrendous and then the the Bournemouth game I would say off the back of that I me personally I felt worse off the back of the first game of last season than I do right now because right. I think generally I've got more trust in the hierarchy and the manager than I did in the hierarchy and the manager this time last year that that just felt like it was going to be every week and it yeah, was. That felt like the beginning of the end for, for yeah. Gerard. And we, we didn't say it on the podcast at the time, but off air, we were like, well, this doesn't look good. Like, Gerard's probably going to have to go at some point. I'm not, I wouldn't feel like that about Emery this evening, despite a 5 1 no. defeat. I'm not thinking oh, Emery might be gone by Christmas. Obviously, not. Not. It's, just, it's just a bad day. A, yeah, a because, very bad day, but just one. Yeah, but this this won't be the norm. It, you know, that, that, as I said, the Bournemouth game. That was the norm very much for away games. The next away game was at Crystal Palace and it was pretty much a carbon copy performance other than, other than we scored. We still lost by two goals and there was still so much stuff I saw that day that, that was terrible. I've seen stuff today that was terrible, but I don't yeah. believe that I'll see it again. I just don't think that's in, in Emery's nature. Those players will have to sit there and watch that game so many times this week that I believe they're lying out the mistakes. And I will say it's on Emery as well. It's a collective problem today. The manager... And the players, I thought the fact that we were still playing that high low and even after we made all those changes and we kind of changed the setup of the defence a little bit, the fact that we were still playing that high line was a little bit of a concern because it clearly hadn't worked all day and it was continuing not to work. And if it weren't mm. for Emmy Martinez, I think it probably would have would have been closer to the 10 goals I was talking about at the, at the start of the game. But first half... I think I do think the Mings injury has massively affected the team. I don't think we were defending brilliantly to begin with, but then when you lose him, it obviously becomes becomes even worse because he is the leader of of that defence. But I went in at half time two one, and as much as Newcastle could have been further ahead, it quite easily could have been two two as well. We had chances. Yeah. The disaster has come in the, in in the second half where Emery's changed things a little bit. Conce has made a, a terrible mistake, probably the first mistake he's made of that ilk for, for a long, long time now. I don't remember the last time Conce made a mistake like that. He's been punished by a very good player in, in Isak, who I thought was unplayable today. Yeah. So we've been up against a very, a very good centre-forward and a very good team on a day when we've had a complete off day. But I think from probably half-time, we've ended up with players on the pitch and in a shape that we just won't have worked on all week. You know, we won't have worked on Tillemans playing from, from the left-hand side. We won't have worked on Concer and Torres being the two centre-backs. That just won't have been a system and a personnel thing that, that, we, that we've worked on. You know, Buendia would have probably been in the eleven, and I would have said mm. that he would have probably been a massive part of the work in, in the week as well. So I do think yeah. there's extenuating circumstances. And I think on the face of it as well, I mean, Newcastle got anyone missing? I, w- I would say that's arguably their strongest team and they've come out all guns blazing with a buoyant St. James's Park, as you would expect. We've got three pretty critical players missing, I would say, and then we've lost another critical player during the game. So I didn't like very much of, of what I saw today, 
but I do think there's there's a lot of stuff going on that kind of makes it understandable to a degree. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but I also feel like we shouldn't be making excuses to capitulate in a way we did towards the end of the game. Like if even if no, all those circumstances do happen, you still don't concede five, do you? No, but I do think the fact that we continued to play that high line, yeah, yeah. was was culpable for that. The players didn't look comfortable with it when the eleven that had worked on it in the week were on the pitch. Mm. I wouldn't really expect the the way we ended the game. You know, Carlos was was on the pitch. You know, Carlos was on the pitch. I think Conte was playing right back. I couldn't I couldn't always work out what the defensive system was to be honest, which probably tells you every, everything that, that you need to know. But we're just playing with people who who won't have worked on it. In, in the week, and we looked shaky with it at the start of the game, and by the end of it, it didn't get any better, but I wouldn't expect it to improve. Yeah, I tweeted at half-time, utterly miserable first half besides the Diaby goal, grim, and I had 29 replies pretty much straight away all saying, like, come on, the first half wasn't that bad, and I think it was it was basically misread that it, I felt grim, I felt terrible at half-time because of the timings situation. Yeah. That was a, a massive dampener on the game. Felt like it in the stadium as well. Felt like it on the pitch. And obviously, as a fan base, it's massive. We're still waiting to hear. And I've got my eye open on another tab to see if John messages me from Emery's press conference. If they know anything, I don't think we'll find out anything tonight, to be honest. The line will probably be that he's having a scan or whatever. And we'll find out in the coming days. But even if he gets away with that being a two-month injury, I think that's a very good situation. I expect he'll be out for the vast majority of the season, like you said. Um, Yeah, just... It just didn't feel good, did it? And we will talk about the Ming thing in, in a sec. But that first half was was okay. We made chances. Diaby scoring his goal is, is a positive. We had had moments and created chances where you think, oh, there's some of the Villa that, that I recognise. Um, but you are right to have those kind of circumstances all come together in one and still continue to play the same way that is causing us problems. It does feel a little bit like shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, and I think the first goal, you let in an early goal. It's obviously, obviously a bad thing, but they actually responded. Mm. Yeah. And got back quickly, but the problem was they then went and did the same thing again and conceded mm. another goal. I do think the second was a little bit d- dubious, and there's been a couple of goals today that are very marginal for, for offside, and you could argue it was a foul on cash that, that's keeping the, the player onside for the mm. second goal. But for, for the first goal, it's just it's just lack of concentration and those, those getting the finer details wrong as as players, and Emery won't stand for, for stuff like that, I think. Leon Bailey hasn't made much effort to, to close down the cross. He's not reacted to what's happening quick, quick enough. And he had a bad first half, but he wasn't alone. It'll be him that yeah. takes the bulk of the criticism, but he wasn't alone. There was a few players off it. Midfielders not tracking Tonali in, in, into yeah, the who, box. I, I don't know who his he's man was, but cool. he was in so much space. It was unbelievable. No one, no one tracked him. And then Luca Dean is ball-watching to the to the highest degree and has got no idea that Tonali's on. He could have bailed the, the midfielders out if he'd have been mm. switched on to what was what was happening in the box. But he can you can see on the close replay, he's just got his eyes on the ball. He's not alert and he's not switched on to what's going on around him. And, you know, we spent a lot of money on, on Luca Dean. And like I say, it's unfair to single Bailey out and it's unfair of me now to single Luca Dean out. As, as well, but I just think when he's on the pitch, you see that type of goal too many times where he's not alert to what's going on at the back post, and we end up conceding from it. And ultimately, it's those kind of things that have lost him his place in his in the team. And when Moreno's fit, I wouldn't expect to see much of him because I think it, well, it would have been him or pa- Moreno or Pau Torres at left back. But obviously, we're going to have to we're going to have to have a look at that. But these are the reasons that that he's not in the team. He'll put in a good delivery every now and again and he did he did for the goal but it's it's my belief that those defensive lapses when he's on the pitch they happen too often and it was collectively a bad goal that that, that first goal but he really had the chance 
to buy, to bail out the team, and he he just didn't do it. And that's my criticism of him defensively. He's just just not alert. Mm, the few comments suggesting it was Kamara who should have been tracking Tenali. Yeah, which no, is, I don't is look what, at that. Is what I thought. That's that's one hundred percent right. But there's a few occasions where, to be honest, where I thought Kamara looked a little bit. Little he didn't bit have a good it. game today. He didn't have a good game today. Like I say, there'll be players singled out that won't be him. They didn't have a good game today. Mm. Cash didn't have a good didn't have a good game. There was no, very very few did. In fact, if I was to talk probably about players, I <laughs> probably Emmy Martinez in goal and, and probably Diaby. And that's probably mm. the probably the end of the conversation. I thought Louise was very good in, in in the first half, but then he hamstrings himself because he gets a silly booking. And so mm. many times Newcastle were breaking on this, and Louise needs to make a foul or try and make a tackle. And he can't do it because he's on a booking, so he needs to cut out the, the silly bookings for dissent. Because again, it's these little finer details that cost us, and I think we got the little details wrong in too many situations today. Mm, it's kind of collective effort of loads of stupid little things going wrong leads to a, a defeat in that in that kind of manner. Before we talk about Mings, I kind of want to string us along a little bit just in case any news does come out tonight while we're on air, but I don't think it will. Give me a positive. Talk to me about Diaby a little bit, getting his first goal for us, which is nice, and a lovely finish as well. Yeah, I think Diaby just showed tonight that if, if he's given space, which he, which he was at times, Villa did do some pretty precise and surgical counter-attacks in that, in that mm. first half, I would say, and I think he makes better use of that space than perhaps other players have done mm. in, in the attacking positions in, 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 the past, in the past 12 months. So I think he's a really, really dangerous weapon who will score and make goals for us this yeah. season. He caused Newcastle problems and probably made the wrong decision with his, with his shot at the end of the, uh, at the end of the first half when he, when he went near post, he definitely should have gone, gone across goal, but you know, he was, he was lively and looks, looks a player in, in terms of the wide player slash forward that we've been linked with. I think he's the best of of that bunch, and he's definitely a, a step up on what we've had previously in that position. Mm. It's Pastor Watkins as well, the one he kind of not scuffed wide, but didn't connect with it as best yeah. as he should have. Watkins was a nice little, I'm sure it was I'm a very saying. simple pass. It was good decision making from Derby. First half, we could have quite easily been level as much as Newcastle looked like mm. they might score every time they went forward. I'd say probably we did. To, to an extent as well, we've just had a catastrophic second half where we've completely fell apart. And sometimes as well, I'd say with Villa, we fall into to bad habits of, of previous regimes. When we had that three-game spell under Emery that we lost three in a row and then we won the brilliant run afterwards. During those three games, we kind of fell into, into bad habits and I think we did that a little bit today as well. Yeah, I didn't think these kind of games would happen under Emery this season when we did our pre-season previews and you would have done the same there's a lot of people very optimistic about Villa and as much as it probably sounds weird to say at that 8 o'clock on the night we've just lost 5-1 I'm still positive for the rest of the season you know, one defeat doesn't make a season we could we're not good at obviously but there's a possibility you win the next 37 games and win the league do you know what I mean obviously not going to happen but one defeat's not the end of the world the manner of the defeat and conceding five goals and being a little bit sloppy and, and like I said earlier shooting ourselves in the foot in, in a few occasions that concerns me because if you're doing stupid things that, that will catch up with you um, but like you said we're, we're missing we're missing some key players Mings now obviously Moreno and Ramsey would both start if they were fit and had a full pre-season we were talking about kind of integrating Pau Torres a little bit slower and he comes on after yeah. 25 minutes in a difficult situation and we'll talk about him in a second I guess it's just a lot of like you said a lot of little things all kind of going wrong I guess or culminating in a, in a bad defeat any other positives you can think of just, just apart from Diaby not today <laughs> I don't think look, I've, look it was a real bad day at the office I'm trying to be 
you know, people will be losing their minds and that, that's their prerogative. That's yeah. not really the way I want to be. So I'm trying to be as as measured as possible. And I don't think people realise sometimes how hard it is to come on and do a show like this straight after you've just mm. been pummeled. It's, it, it's not easy. Like I'm as frustrated inside as, as everyone else is. I don't like it when we lose and I don't like it when we, when we get pumped like, like we just have. But this is a place where we have done very little in the last 20 years we just whatever however bad newcastle have been villa have still never gone there and got results it, it just hasn't happened and we've gone there today and had put in probably the worst performance that we could have possibly put in in a lot of ways newcastle put in a very good performance i think they were always going to today but i did fancy us to land on heart i fancied us to, to spoil the party a little bit yeah, but you could barely hear the sky the sky pundits at the start of the game speak you know what an atmosphere for, what a time to be a newcastle player and be a Newcastle fan, they're about to embark on a on a Champions League season, and they'll, they'll fancy the chances of beating most teams at St mm. James's Park, and they'll win a lot of football matches at St James's Park. I, I don't think they'll win them as easily as they as they have done against us today, but they will win a hell of a lot of games. And it, overall, the, you know, this game won't define the season. I think losing away at Newcastle, we will not be the only team that do that. As I said, it, mm. a lot of teams won't do it in the manner. That, that, that we've just done it, but it, it's how we respond now. And I think, you know, luckily, a bit like last season when we had an awful first game, we're coming up against a, a soulless Everton at home ne- next week. And, you know, even Gerard managed managed to beat Everton. It's pretty much, <laughs> the, pretty much the same Everton team because they've done, they've done very little business. So I would back us to, to bounce back next week, but there's got to be some sharp lessons learned from today because you can't defend in, mm. in that manner. In some ways, going forwards, there wasn't a lot wrong, especially in the first half. But if you defend in that manner, you will yeah. concede goals, but I would predict that we don't try and play that way ever again, especially yeah. in players like St James's Park. Part of me feels like, and I think we've had this conversation before, that a manager kind of sticking to their guns and sticking to what they know is is kind of commendable in a way because you're playing your kind of way. But for someone as intelligent as Emery clearly is to continue playing the same way in that game when it's clearly not working, you do kind of think, come on, mate, like you've got to change it now because... It's all good. It's all well and good not changing it game to game because the circumstances are very different. But you know, sixty minutes into that game, for example, you could just go right. We just need to change it and do something totally different because what what's happening clearly isn't working. So that that worries me a little bit. The comment earlier: bad tactics, bad bag selection, or something. I don't know if I'll find it. It's like bad tactics, bad selection, bad attitude was the third. Are they all fair? Uh, I don't think you can really... the selection. I think that's how strongly no. side on paper at the moment, isn't it? To to begin with. People will say Leon Bailey shouldn't be playing. Well, no, maybe that we should have started with Pau Torres at left back or Concer at right back and kept it a little bit more, mm, yeah. a little bit more compact. Maybe that would be my main criticism that we just weren't compact, compact enough, and that we're playing the high line, which is okay if like if the whole team joined up. Mm. But it felt like there was a massive gap between the defence and midfield. So it was just so easy to play through. That high line, like I said, when Douglas Louise is, is on a booking, you're playing with two DMs and one of your DM can't put a tackle in because he's on a booking from from early on in the game. That That's going to open up gaps and, and, and holes. I just think everything went wrong today. I don't, it's, it's not bad attitude, is it? Because we're 2-1 down and Concer hasn't tried to make that mistake. He's just made... A mistake and concert. I was a big critic of him this time last year, but in the second half of the season, I thought he was very good. And actually, a couple of moments in the first half, I thought he really bailed us out with some real, real good covering, some real good recovery def- def- defending. He's just 
you know, he just he just lost his bearings and, and and made a mistake, and that that goal unfortunately has killed the game. And then I think we, it's not bad attitude, but we just slip into those those bad habits that I, that mm. I mentioned and just ship another and and another. You know, I was, as soon as Harvey Barnes came on the pitch, I expected him to score because he always scores against us, and yeah, I thought we were so. going to get away with it. But we, you know, he he had a couple of runs into a pretty free penalty area. Just before before that goal, you know, we were in, we were inviting it. That that's the if I was to come up with one criticism, it would be that we did not change that high line because I don't think it worked at any point during the game, and it certainly wasn't getting any better through the game. And I would have expected us to try and iron that out or do, or do something about it when he was started making defensive changes. I would have expected him to say, "Drop back, let's not make mm. this a bloodbath." But we could have even three one cash has missed a massive chance, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, huge huge chance that you. you you can't miss a miss a chance like that in a, in, a, in a game like that. No, I actually think if he'd scored, we'd have probably still gone on to lose four or five <laughs> because we would have continued. We would have continued to to play that high line. But that you know that was a that was a huge moment in the game. But then I would say also Martinez made a lot of lot of big saves at moments during the game as well to keep the score down. Mm. Got some quotes from John from Emery that I'll read about Tara Mings as predicted. Nothing on a, a time frame yet. He said, it doesn't look good. The doctor is telling us that we have to wait for a scan. We've lost two players and our very important players. We have to analyse. This week is very sad for us with Emiliano Buendia and today with Tara Mings. We lost today, but there was something that was more than we wanted. But the worst today was the injury with Tyrone. We have to take some days in reflection and then prepare for the game against Everton. So as expected, we're not going to get a diagnosis on Mings tonight, but all the kind of Twitter experts are suggesting it didn't look good is the phrase that's going around tonight. It didn't look good, did it, that timings thing? We'll know tomorrow. Um, we'll, we'll know yeah, tomorrow. Like certainly there. There's, there's murmurs of it the day the day it happened, wasn't there? I'd certainly heard yeah. it. I'd, you know, something comes up on Twitter and you completely dismiss it, but then I spoke to a couple of people <laughs> and it was pretty clear that actually it, mm. it, it was true. But then today, before today's games, there was rumours that Watkins wasn't playing because someone's someone had done his missus's hair or something. You know, so there's a load of nonsense on, on Twitter a, a lot of the time, but, you know, stop clock even tells the right time took twice a day so that on the Buendia that that stuff was was true wasn't it but we'll know more about about Mings tomorrow but you know I don't know whether you saw the tweet by some medical guy basically yeah. confirming that that's going to be a bad one like Buendia mm, so yeah you'd like to think we'll know tomorrow certainly by Monday what the time scale is but I'll be amazed if it's anything less than six to eight months and, and for, you know out for the most of the season this is a very 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 obvious question how big of a miss is he Huge, and if you know if you want to play a high line, I don't think we can play it without him because mm. I think people don't realize how quick he is. He's so yeah, so fast, he's, than a Torres, ma- he's a massive component of that of, of playing a high line. And even when we defend deeper, he's massive in that as well. He makes so many, so many blocks. Mings was playing unbelievable football under under Unai Emery. The, the way he was, the way he was playing, I do think he was genuinely one of the best center backs in the league at the back end of the back end of last season he's a huge miss in terms of of leadership as well i've always thought in the past when he's not there concert suffers mm-hmm. he's in constant play with various different center backs and he's never looked as comfortable as when he does with mings i think that now means that torres is going to have to be integrated sooner i think he means he's going to be able to integrate it in a position that i don't think we were planning on playing him sooner because i don't think the plan would have been to play him left center back in in a lot of games i think we might as well talk about Torres at this point because we've seg- segued into it. So, mm-hmm. undoubtedly, he's a very good footballer, a-, a fine footballer. Everything I've seen of him, I thought he is a classy, classy defender. But in games like that, if you've got him as a 
as an orthodox centre back, I think he he may struggle, and I wouldn't have expected to see him playing as a centre back in those games. I would have expected to see him as a as the left back tucking in with two with two of the centre backs. So I think that's going to be a problem. I don't think he's although he's a left centre back, it's definitely not a like for like swap. Mm. Him, him and Mings, I think in a game like that against Newcastle, who are a physical side but also a quick side. And, he, in, and to be fair to him, you know, it's his first introduction to Premier League football and he's been chucked into a team that wasn't functioning very well, playing a pretty high line. That's, you know, he's never going to have an easy day today. That that just that just isn't going to happen. But I have concerns about him if that's if he's playing in Mings' position like long-term. I think in some games, I think he may get found out. That's just my early synopsis. I could be completely wrong in this. I'm just basing this on what I've seen of him before, I think it'd be a great sign in, in a game at Villa Park that you're expected to win and you're dominating possession. I think he's mm. going to be a massive weapon and be really, really useful to Villa. But stereotypically, in a game away, a tough team, I don't think he would have seen him playing left centre back for Villa. I just don't think Emery would have done that. But I felt like he was kind of forced into it a little bit today and it didn't work. Yeah, we spoke about, I assume you've not seen our big season preview because it was almost an hour and a half long, but we spoke about Torres in there and I said, yeah, of course you weren't watching it. I, I said that out of the three signings, Torres was the one that was kind of, the jewelry was stout for me a little bit that I can see that Tiedemann's, well, I'll get to it in a sec, you can see that Tiedemann certainly offers something in terms of depth at the very least, but he's been very yep. good in pre-season. DRB, I think he's a, a stone waller. He definitely works and scores today as well and I thought he, I thought he might. Torres is the one that, yes, in, maybe in 12 months' time, we, we realise how much of an important player he is and how good he is. And I'm not doubting, like you, his it's technical ability. He's obviously a good player, but he creates more questions and he probably answers for me at the moment. And you're just right a about different him. type of defender to Mings. That's the problem. You know, like you have yeah, different types of midfield yeah. players and different types of strikers. He is a mm. different type of centre-back to Mings. And I believe, like I've said, the plan would have been in a lot of games to play him as a left back tucking in like we've done with the right back and but I think sometimes I, you might have actually seen Moreno in midfield. I was gonna that was it. I was about to say I agree with you, but what happens when Moreno comes back? Would he have played the You need a squad, don't you? So you, you need yeah, different course, options. Yeah. Moreno Moreno I don't think would have actually played every game, but he's he's a huge miss. He's he he I would have played, would have played every game. Moreno. I think he I think he would play left midfield in, in some games and you'd have a Ramsey or a McGinn on the bench perhaps mm. for some games, but we knew this was the problem. I felt like we were building a quite a nice squad with a, with different options in different positions, different types of players. And that's almost been completely ruined now just mm. by losing two players. They're not short-term injuries. Losing Buendera and Mings to me means that they prob- those two probably need replacing. We can't afford to go into a season without two replacements. I've still got massive but, question marks over Diego yeah. Carlos as well. I don't yeah, think it's now yeah. as simple as playing Diego Carlos and Conch was the two and Torres as the left back. We uh, might play it, of course. Chambers but... is obviously still there as well, but I don't think him and Conch play well together. I think Conch are now. And Conch has to be in the team at centre back. Yeah, of course. I don't think we can be messing around and playing him at right back in certain games. I think to not have Conch or Mings as a centre back would be a problem. Yeah. Conch is going to have to step up now and really take on some leadership and be almost be the main man. That's the other thing as well. The leadership side of timing is vastly yeah. under underrated. Like, there's a start of just seeing someone like without timing who played twelve games and won one or something yeah, silly. Terrible without him. We all know we're no good without him, and it's a different side, different players, and different manager. I get that, but I think people will maybe underestimate how much we miss timings, and when he's not there for a couple of games, you notice it. If he's not going to be there for six months, you'll definitely notice it. And 
for this kind of pre-season optimism that we had for the year ahead of possible top five finishes and pushing pushing for the Champions League, Europa Conference League finals. If Buendia wasn't even going to play every game, to lose those two before and Mings in the, in the first game of the season, that's a massive, massive blow and it really affects our ambitions for the season. I think in, you're yeah, going to rely on transfers incoming or somebody like Diego Carlos to massively step up in a way that they haven't done yet for us to replace what Mings loses or Leon Bailey has to replace what Brendia brings and not convinced of that either. So it's early days. I don't want to overreact too much on, on game week one. If we beat Everton and Burnley over the next couple of weeks and play well, most people will forget about today and we progress in Europe and we start playing well. Um, likewise for the things we're saying about somebody like Pau Torres in a month's time we might be going ah, we were wrong to doubt him on that game at, at Newcastle it was he come in in difficult circumstances look he's a very classy player he's playing really well as, as the left centre back but undoubtedly not having Torres Mings is, is going to be massive for us he's, irre- he's irreplaceable like some people you know we saw on Pau Torres people, I saw some people saying that's a, it, it's a step up as good as Mings has been it's a, it's a step up they're offering they're offering you different different things, and at the moment for Villa, I think those things that Mings offers you are more important. And I would say him and Conce started today because they were so so good as a pair yeah. at the back end of last season, and a huge reason of why we qualify for Europe. And we're going to have to, unfortunately, now get creative in in the, in the transfer market. We're going to have to try and pull something from from somewhere now, probably at centre back, and try and find a, a left sided centre back from somewhere. But I'm not sure. Where that that would be It'd probably be probably be alone. I'm not sure where you'd go. I'm just using it using it as an as an example because it's the first thing that's popped into my head. You know, Johnny Evans has gone to Manchester United. It's up in the air whether he's going to going to be there long term or not. But they're going to have to sign someone of that ilk now to re- to replace Mings for, for the for the season if he is ruled out for for the season because I don't think we can afford not to. I think mm-hmm. we had a very set plan with what we were going to do defensively this season. And that's just been completely ripped up by by one injury. Let, you know, I'm not saying concert's more important than Mings or Mings is more important than Conser. Let's say this had happened to Conser. You know, Chambers would probably just just play more, and I would say we'd find that easier to get by on. Mm. I don't think we can get by without Tyrone Mings or someone filling in for him whilst he's not there. But that's not going to be something that's easily solvable. Yeah, there's a comment here that says, and we'll, we'll wrap up in a sec, so I, I fear that we're going to go round and round in circles and maybe be too overly negative the other way. I'm, I'm uh, not trying to be negative, though. Like, no, I'm but I feel to... like we'll just naturally you know, kind of devolve into that. Uh, Emery isn't a bad coach and we aren't a bad side after one game. No, I, I agree it's probably, the, it's probably the key point not to get too, to, to quote the good old Dean Smith, don't get too low with the lows and too high with the highs. You We've know, these played a very, good, a very injuries, good team. Yeah, the injury is the thing that I think is kind of swaying things a little bit in terms of emotion about the game that the match itself yes conceding five is annoying a couple of those are probably avoidable questionable with offsides and things as you've mentioned and on another day <laughs> stupid as I on another day that is a 2-2 game I think and we come away with a good point and the Mings injury would still be very annoying but we'd say that's a decent point everything coming together the, the, the goals conceded the defeat and the Mings thing is just a massive I've said it a load of times it's just a massive blow and You'd like to think that we can bounce back and show good kind of team spirit and whatnot to to replace what he brings in different ways, but it's going to be very difficult. Um, but beat Everton and beat Burnley and get through Europe, and it's a it's a totally different feel to the month, isn't it? As always with football, it is absolutely the hope yeah. that kills you. And I think this feels worse today to a lot of people 
because every most people I've seen felt very buoyant and yeah, felt yeah, felt, yeah. felt that, very excited that, for the new season, and we've lost five one. So to, to me, that is the injury. Though. I think if we'd have just lost five one to Newcastle, no, I still think probably going to finish in the top four, top three. You'd still go. It's annoying, but it's not the end of the world. No, and it still I isn't. The, I think the injury is what has, is is actually worse than the result. But I still think even if we'd like just lost five one and that didn't happen to Mings, I still think people would be losing their minds and be be upset about it. But it's because the expectation is 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 suddenly there that we're go- mm, we're, yeah. we're going to do. It's like we lo- we lose the first game last season to Bournemouth. It's almost like probably 80 percent of the fan base will be like, "Well, this is what I expected to happen anyway." Mm, yeah. The, on this one, I don't think anyone expected it. No, and I suppose the 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 funny part of it is that if Mings didn't get injured, we wouldn't have lost five one. I will say we weren't defending brilliantly with him, with no, him on the pitch. Still, I don't think we, the, the things that change in the way they do, like Torrid yeah. doesn't even come on today, does he probably? Or you know, certainly not after 25 minutes. So no. it's one of those, isn't it? What came first, the chicken or the I'm egg? Finding the, I'm finding the chat hard work in, in this because I've obviously said things on certain outlets and you've obviously said things on your own podcast. So I'm presuming <laughs> when people are having a go at stuff that's been said by a dad, I'm, no, assuming, it's, I'm assuming it's aimed at you, but <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not actually sure. <laughs> No, let's just I've seen a few Wolves fans that were definitely aimed at me, so I expected <laughs> that. It's fine. Uh, just to wrap up then, like you said, I saw that athletic poll thing the other day. 99% of Villa fans were optimistic ahead of the season. I wonder how many of those have changed their, their tune this evening. And kind of the overestimations maybe of Villa could compete for the Champions League, they can win the Conference League, they could go all the way in the FA Cup and whatnot. Do you feel like any of those things have changed? I know the Mings thing probably does change it. In terms of Emery and the tactics, and is it just a bad day at the office, or is this a cause for concern? I still massively believe in Emery. I still massively believe in in this team. I think if you just look at his body of work last season, then there's no reason not to be, believe in yeah. him. But he'll he'll get this right, and he'll he'll sort it out. I think I've changed my tune slightly on how level Newcastle and Villa are, perhaps mm. because they looked very good. But then they looked very good last season, and in the game at Villa Park, we absolutely ripped them to shreds. Yeah. You know, they lost both. They lost three 0 to us at Villa Park. It didn't didn't define their season that one game, did it? And it's just because this is the first game, it feels worse. But my prediction would be that this first game doesn't define Aston Villa season either. Mm, yeah, don't panic. Is a comment there in capitals. There's also one. I don't know whether James can reply quick enough. He says, "I'm one. I've changed my tune, and now I'm very nervous. Nervous for what? Is in like." We're not going to be in relegation trouble, or no one in the right mind would think that. I can, no, like, I can sit here confidently and say there's three worst teams in Villa in the Premier League. Yeah, but like if the expectation is top six, and now I feel like we're not going to get top six, I won't say I was nervous. I think the nervous would be the right word to use. I'll just say that I'm apprehensive that maybe we won't achieve those heights, maybe. But like we said, it's a, it's the first game. The Ming thing is the thing, and we'll wait to see what the assessment is on that. Maybe we're all wrong. Maybe it's a a sprain. <laughs> And he's out for a month, maybe. Like, no, he's here. again. I'm no <laughs> medical tears, expert. Like, I'm no medical bad. expert, but if Tyro Mings is crying, I would suggest it's a it's a pretty bad one. He's look in this situation, it's probably best to ex- expect the worst, yeah. isn't it? And my expectation is we're very unlikely to see him again this season. If we do now, I'll feel pleased. Mm. It's the Dago Carlos situation, isn't it? He might come back earlier than expected, but we said this about Buendia the other day, to be fair. If he comes back in March or April, he's not going to have, he's not going to change the game, is he? Because he's going to recover back from the injury. He's only going to play in little bits and pieces anyway. So we might see Mings this season, but it might be for 
15 minutes in a game we're already winning he's not going to come back and start games every single week straight away is he so I think he's had yeah. this injury if it's what the injury we suspect I think he's had it before so he'll know that's As why well. he stops it possibly. yeah that's the I saw Stu James from the Athletic who must know Mings from somewhere he tweeted about how hard Mings had worked to get back from the last time he, he had a bad injury and that he was playing the best football of his career and that this will be absolutely devastating for him, you know, if you've had an injury in that exact same place before, in some ways, not like you said, he'll know what the injury is. But I'm again no medical expert, but if you've had that injury before, I imagine that makes it having it again even worse. Mm, yeah, yeah. And you just, bad injury, you just never know if you come back the same player. Do you just you just never know? Like we're all we're all waiting to see what. what he's Carlos much older is. now than he had it the first time as well. But we're looking at Carlos and thinking. Is he going to be the same player that we paid thirty million for? We mm. still don't really know. At this juncture, it is a concern because it's a it's a bad injury. You know, Wesley had a really bad injury, and say what you will about him from from the start. Obviously, some people wouldn't have thought he was he was great, and I pro- probably agree with that. But he will now be there'll be things that he can't do that he could do pretty easily mm. before 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 that injury. That that's what these injuries are. Yeah, James says, nervous of not following on from last season, the team losing confidence, having a bad run and not kicking on like we all expected we were going to. Win, win next week and you forget about this. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll call it there because like I said, we're going to go round and round. Are you still excited for next week? Do you still feel optimistic to go to the park in the first game and, and think we can go on and win games? Yeah, more, yeah of course. Yeah, all yeah. I mean, I was excited to go to Villa Park for the first game against first time game against Everton last season. So there's no reason for me for yeah. me not to, not to be now. The, I just the thing that would I would find frustrating now would be if off the back of one game, which I don't think this is going to happen by the way. I felt like everyone just got to grips with what Emery was trying to do and there was like when we were playing out from the back there was no nervousness or or anything mm. like that in the whole ten. I don't want that to to creep back in. Mm, still needs to be goal, can we next week? We still just need that. That trust just needs to be there with with the manager. He, look, he's not perfect, but he's as close as perfect as we're going to get. He will he will make mistakes. I think today he's made mistakes. The players have made mistakes. It's a it's a collective thing. But as always, with stuff like this, it's the important bit is not today. It's what happens next week and how you bounce back from it, and that you don't go on a on a, on a losing run. I think too many teams in football history they lose a game, then they they go on a losing run because Villa have done it load, loads of times. Yeah. The important thing with this team is, and we did it last season, we lost a couple of games in a row, but we didn't go on like a, a seven, eight game stretch without winning. You've mm. got to bounce back and get a couple of results after you've just lost the game. And I think this team will do that regardless of who's playing in it. I think there's, there's enough there and enough there with the manager. Yeah, and I actually think the Europa Conference League games come at a small games in terms of like the squad and stuff but come at a good time and that we're all expecting Villa to win those so it's a confidence builder opportunity for players to score a couple of goals keep a clean sheet etc so if Pautais comes in and that plays well it's another game and you belt kind of thing so beat Everton and do well against probably Hibs the Thursday after and things will feel totally different um, Dan, thanks for joining me tonight for our post-match reaction that we're trying to keep a little bit shorter than last season. It's kind of the, the raw reaction, how we feel about things on a match day. Uh, me and John are going to be doing a show on Monday, probably lunchtime, uh, where we can look at things in a bit more detail. We'll hopefully know the diagnosis of Tora Mings by then as well. Uh, thanks everyone for watching and watching along live. I understand if anyone has skipped this one and not got this far, I'd absolutely understand it. But there were a thousand people watching live at one point, so... 
Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. A lot of those Newcastle fans, though, by the way, judging by the comments, and Wolves fans, so <laughs> take from that what you will. Thanks, everyone, for watching, though. Dan, cheers for joining me, as ever, uh, and we'll see you again on Monday.